Hey everybody, this is P. Norman Grant, the Slim Jim, and another episode of The Grapefruit Agenda, where we summarize, analyze, and criticize some of what passes for news these days here on the treasure coast of Florida, around the country, and we even may be transmitting to the unexplained aerial phenomenon, UFOs. We call it grapefruit because we're sweet on conservatism and sour on liberalism. Today's episode's called, Who Belongs Here? Or... How far away can people be called neighbors? Do we have neighbors next door? And if you're 6,000 miles away in Bolivia, can you be our neighbor? Won't you be my neighbor, UFOs? How far away can people be called neighbors? So in that vein, I'm looking at full-page ads from the Wall Street Journal. Two Sundays in a row, I see full-page ads, blue ads, sponsored by the Ad Council suspiciously, down in the right corner. And here's the headline, or the lead-in. We all know what it's like to feel left out. Let me say it again. We all know what it's like to feel left out. Now, you have to start thinking, what the heck are they talking about, Slim Jim? At the end, it says, we can change that. We can change your feeling of being left out. Now, here's the, here's the, here's the pitch. We've all had moments where we felt we didn't belong, but for people who moved to this country... That feeling lasts more than a moment. Together, we can build a better community. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Now, I'm trying to get the message here, grapefruiters. Do we need to embrace and welcome everyone? Who belongs here? And then we have to figure out what a community is. And we have to use my undictionary to find out what a migrant is. Because most of the time in the lefty press, and the Wall Street Journal is edging toward that, if they're going to be printing out this full-page ad with the belonging begins with us, saying we can change that. We don't want you feeling left out, Venezuelans. So if we're, if we're edging that way, the lefty press likes to use the word migrant as someone who's coming innocently through the border with 14,000 people around them. No baggage, no backpacks, no suitcase, no water bottles. So who's helping them come across the country and be neighbors? So as we investigate the Wall Street Journal and the Ad Council's Belonging Begins With Us, that's the name of their campaign. They have many campaigns. We went some of the, through some of these uh, last week uh, with some LGBTQ campaigns and people feeling naturally left out because most people are not LGBTQ, not yet. So we can change that means that we are going to we. Who's we? You got a mouse in your pocket, Jim? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the we? We can change that. Well, the Ad Council? Hmm. Belonging begins with us. How are they going to change the feeling of being left out if you're Bolivian and go crossing the border? I assume. Because they're not parachuting in. And at the end of this display, we hope today I'm going to be showing you what it takes to be a citizen. As a matter of fact, the pledge of naturalization. That's what we want to find out. So I went to the Belongings Begin With Us um, website. And it's a bunch of icons that I see here showing, I guess, inducement for sympathy. Really what it is, the symbols are little pages and narratives of we being born in a different country. You need some welcoming. So I'm looking at one of these things. One's a soccer ball. One's a winter coat. One's a stroller. When you press the buttons, you can go there. Grapefruiters, belonging begins with us. You go there, you'll see this 
belongingbeginswithus.org, you'll see all the different narratives from these different people. So they feel a little alienated. They feel estranged. They feel unwelcomed until, of course, the Ad Council gets the Belonging Begins With Us welcoming committee. The welcoming committee. So here's the soccer ball. And this is a quote. This is listen to Bruna's story. They can have it on audio if you want, but we're going to hear the own, my own mellifluous voice narrate. Okay. Soccer has always helped me build community when I've struggled to make connections. Helped me build community. I felt isolated when I started working as a paralegal. As a Latino woman, I felt like I was entering a boys club. But as I started opening up to other paralegals, I built this warm, diverse team of people to turn to when I felt lost. It inspired me to mix parts of my life. I started referring friends to for positions at the firm. I started inviting my coworkers to join me on the soccer field once a week, a habit I've kept since my childhood in Bolivia. It's taught me that, like soccer, life requires constant teamwork and outreach. So that's uh, Bruna from Bolivia. Who else do we have there, Slim Jim? Uh, the winter coat. There's a winter gentleman right there. He comes from the Congo, and they've got a winter coat. I'm not sure how many winter coats they need in the Congo, but here's his story. What's his name up there? Can we see up top? Yeah. This coat and these boots are symbols of generosity. During my first winter, my wife, oh, here we go, my wife and I were unprepared. We didn't have a car, so we'd walk to the supermarket. We didn't have proper winter clothes coming from Congo. My wife was pregnant. I, what, what induced you, Jean, to come to the United States if you're so unprepared? What, would, what were you doing here? Who do you belong here? How did you get here? Who's helping you get here? So let me continue. Sorry, grapefruiters. Someone in our neighborhood saw us walking and gave us a ride. I guess he didn't have a car. So he doesn't have much money, apparently. We quickly became friends, and he helped my family in so many ways. He got us these winter clothes. When my wife went into labor, he arrived in five minutes and drove us to the hospital. These are pretty welcoming people. He even helped us get a car. Get a car. I use it to help drive people to stores and appointments the way he did for me. That sounds like a nice story, doesn't it? That's a nice story. We have the soccer trophy from Mexico coming up. But I'm looking at Gene from the Congo. He got a car really fast. I wonder how he did that. Did someone give him a car? So someone helped him get a car. So let's move on to um, a gentleman from Mexico. I think he's from Mexico. There's a trophy there. So if we open up, this is on the belongings begin with us dot org. This is this is to this is Daytona's story. Diana, Diana. All right. My soccer trophy symbolizes the importance of advocacy. Here we go. So these people just crossed the border recently. Um, never bothered to be citizens apparently. Because they say their home country is, in this case, I believe it's Mexico. When I came to the U.S. at age eight, I felt like a fish out of water. But after my family settled, I joined a soccer team that gave me a sense of connection that I was missing. Notice none of these migrants are joining hockey teams or swim teams. Only months after joining the team, my local park became too small to sustain our soccer activities. My team, parents, coaches, and local leaders encouraged me to advocate Notice the second time you mentioned advocates. So the people who have been advocated for to be allowed to come here and belong are now advocating for more parks in our region. They are advocating. I felt supported and empowered. There it is. There's the lefty vocabulary. In the undictionary, empowered means to give people who do not have power and maybe don't deserve power, not legally entitled to power, they become empowered. Even as an immigrant from Mexico, my voice mattered. The undictionary definition of immigrant, then. Immigrant is someone who's legally in the country, 
an immigrant. Maybe not yet a citizen. You could have a green card. But to be an immigrant, you must be here legally. Do we have any idea if she mattered to include in her information that she had to get some kind of legal status? I don't see it. I keep these moments with me in my work, advocating for equitable green space in communities. Uh, There's that sound again. There's that sound again. Equitable. Where does that come from? Slim Jim, do you know any Republicans that use the word equitable? I do not. When we go to Publix and we see that the price is sort of inflated, would you say, uh, Mr. Publix person behind the cash register, this doesn't seem equitable because oh, – never mind. So now how much love, support, and understanding develops in those spaces? Everyone deserves it. Everyone. Everyone grateful. Who is everyone? Everyone who's in this country, legally or illegally waiting for status at the border. Maybe they're just being taken care of by nice people. So the people that are in the belonging begins with us. There's a new campaign with PSAs that empower viewers, empower, 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 viewers to foster a more welcoming nation where everyone, regardless of background, regardless of background, could be a UFO. It could be somebody from Uranus and another unpopulated planet feels they belong. They belong because why? Each of us has the power to welcome others into our communities. What community is that? Is that the restricted gate community that you need a car to get into that community? Or is it just a South American community that's been transplanted? I'll never forget going to a ski resort up in Vermont, Slim Jim, and these people were all from Chile. And they were up in uh, Vermont at the ski resort. And they're all helping the, the rich people get down the hill on skis. But they were all from one village, the whole village. The whole village came up to Vermont from Chile and became a community within a church, their own community. Kind of warm. It's, it's warm. It warms the soul. warms the cockles. Where the heck are the cockles located? Do you have any? You around your heart. Do you have, you have cockles? Cockles are But heart, don't yeah. let those cockles get, get expended. Okay, the capital campaign is one. Here's another warm... Warming of the cockles. A vision for new humanitarian respite center. This is from a, something called the Capital Campaign from Catholic Charities. So we have the Ad Council supporting these people with all their warming and welcoming wagons. And we have, and I've talked about this before, the Catholic Charities. This is down in Texas, by the way. So they're building a new respite center. Okay. And here's their pitch. Again, they're selling the selling Americans this pitch. Recognizing that immigrants continue to cross the Texas-Mexico border in large numbers, the Catholic Charities understands firsthand the growing need for essential services that provide hope during emotionally daunting and physically exhausting times. They are exhausted and they are physically spent. Taking actions to address this rising imperative, Catholic Charities has purchased land in the city of McAllen to build a new respite center that will better meet the needs of the families that Catholic Charities serves each day. And so these people are coming from across the border and they can count. They can count on the capital campaign of the Catholic Charities because they have a, what were the words? A rising imperative. Yes. A rising imperative. So the imperative is something that's not, not just needed. It's imperative. It's a must. It's a rising too. And it's rising. It's rising all the time. I can't find out if I read the New York Times or the local paper. I couldn't find out, though, how much it is rising. If you looked at CNN or MSNBC, could you find any rising? Probably no, not. No, we don't find any rising. Um, to realize this ambition for the center, Catholic Charities of the Rio Grande Valley turns to broad philanthropic community for support in this endeavor. 
Commitments from friends of CCRGV, that's the Catholic Charities Respite Center, they will directly back the construction of this newly designed center, enabling Catholic Charities to provide an even greater level of care for many years to come. So, in other words, some of these people may stay for years. Or more new people coming in. Uh, or maybe they'll stay there with their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. It doesn't show any signs of, of the migrants migrating. See, migrants are people who move. Migrants go from one place and they go to another place and then they go to another place. But these people are just going from one place and they're staying in one place. Thereby, we see this in the, the issuings from they the no beginning. They be a migrant. They're exactly true, Slim Jim. We, we're not dealing with dummies here, are we? Great for us. Belonging begins with us. And we have migrants being able to stay for multiple generations, thus defeating the definition of the word migrant. These are not migrants, people. When every time the left tells you that these are migrants or even immigrants, I think it's kind of a fib. It's one of those fib things. So we look further down and see who else is these helping charities. Here are here are some. This is from the uh, El Paso, the El Paso uh, border people helping out the Asylum Seeking Advocacy Project works to prevent the deportation of asylum seeking families fleeing violence. Violence here or violence there. The group accepts donations, really, and asks people to sign up for volunteer. We have the South Texas Pro Bono Asylum Representation Project, really. The CARA Project is currently recruiting attorneys, law students, and paralegals with experience in asylum work. We need more asylum. It says the group asks volunteers to be fluent in Spanish are willing to work with the interpreter. What about Serbian? Do you think any of these call, is there a call out there for the Serbian's language? Any Pakistanis? What do they speak in Pakistan? What does Urdu? How about what do the Nigerians speak? Most Nigerians speak French or English. English, mostly. Uh, they, they do. French, yes, well, maybe we need some interpreters for the English too. So, kids in defense need of defense partners. Okay, all the way down the Austin Bar Association, civil rights. These are all the supporters of the quote migrants. And then down at the bottom, I see the initials I know really well: CZI Chen Zuckerberg Initiative. Chen Zuckerberg Initiative. These are good old people, aren't they? Mr. Zuckerberg, the head of the metaverse of uh, Facebook, and the one that created uh, such a warming 2020 election, too, with his charity event. They, we, the tech, what was that, the Tech Council? It was uh, the Technological and Community Council. And what they did was just, denoted, well, they donated about $43 million to the uh, election boards all over the country to make sure that radical Democrats took over the, oh, did I say that? Radical Democrats took over the boards of elections and came up with all kinds of numbers that we surprised Joe Biden. Joe Biden is sitting in his bunker and he woke up one day and he said, I won? How the heck did I do that? Well, we had a lot of dead people voting and Zuckerberg got some uh, activists to just supplant people in boards of election all across the country. Read Molly Hemingway's book. Rigged people. You'll find out. And they also they also push push DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So the supporters of the belongings with us are the CZI and their strategy. The Chan Zuckerberg Initiative was founded in 2015 to help so solve some of society's toughest challenges, from eradicating disease, improving education, to addressing the needs of our local communities. Our mission is to build a more inclusive, just and healthy future for everyone. Now, if she, 
and Zuck just stood with the disease thing. Eh, maybe some credibility. Now, they have to go to justice, though. We have to find out where the injustice is. Because the courts and the police, they really don't know. And inclusive. And we have to include everybody, Martians, uh, people from the Mayan uh, the Mayan culture from 50,000 years ago. Anybody who's different from the people who are that you listen to speaking right now, as a matter of fact, we have to include everybody. Not sure exactly what the, the payoff is. What's the payoff? Let me move over to uh, Arizona. Here's, again, some people who are warming the cockles by providing housing for people who need to be welcomed. They need to be welcomed because there are neighbors. Even though the neighbors may be five, 6,000... Slim Jim, off the top of your head, give me an estimate. What is the distance from here to Valparaiso, Chile? Whoa. What do you think? <laughs> Between seven and eight, ten? About ten. About 10,000 Slim Jim offers. Okay, Could be. So those neighbors down there in Valparaiso, actually Valparaiso is probably a pretty successful city. But up the mountains, they, come, they want to come here. They want to come here. They want to be welcomed and belonging begins with us. Could help them do that, along with our own government. This is an amazing story out of Arizona. The Biden administration is paying $352 per bed to house migrants in Scottsdale each day. This is June of last year. If you try to book a room at the Suites on Scottsdale, formerly known as Homewood Suites, since May 24th, you've probably been left frustrated. All the rooms are currently listed as not available through the rest of the year. A normal person would likely assume that this is because the hotel is going out of business or there's a local rock concert going on that everybody took advantage of the rooms. But that's not the case. Instead, the hotel was secretly converted into a makeshift migrant shelter by the Biden administration almost overnight. This is not an isolated incident, people. We hear these things going on in Westchester County, New York. We hear about in Pennsylvania. I want to see in our native New Jersey, Slim Jim and our native New Jersey, as we speak Jersey, and we'll find out one day. We will. Out in the cornfields of... um, What's a, what's a Cumberland County? Maybe we'll see some... Port Jervis, maybe. Port Jervis, could be. Large tents turning into brick housing. In this recent shady move, the Department of Homeland Security and ICE, the Immigration and Customs Enforcement people, these are the people who used to bust the illegals. These are the people who used to get them on buses and deport them. Now they're getting them hotel rooms. I wonder if they have a sauna. A sauna, well, maybe not a sauna. If they're coming from places where there's the average temperature is like 95 degrees, maybe a sauna would be inappropriate. Unless they're Swedish migrants. Have you seen many Finnish or Swedish migrants coming in? Not yet. Not recently. Seen some Afghanis. Afghanis? Yeah, they're, they're there. Some Iraqis. But the Iraqis are there. It's a, a couple of Russians and about 14,000 Haitians. But they would, might not appreciate a sauna. So through September 30th, they come to house more than 1,200 migrants at a time in Arizona and Texas. In case you're keeping trapped, the group also the group also received from the Biden administration for $530 million in April. So this is for ICE and the Homeland Security to take care of the people who need welcoming. They need to belong. So that comes out to $352 per bed per day of your hard-earned tax dollars. Not not talking about the free breakfast. Does it say anything about a lunch in here? No. I, no. I don't, what about the goodie bag they get with the they, telephone? They, they, might, they might have a little bag with a phone. That comes out to $352. So while hotel rooms in Scottsdale can certainly be expensive, those rates tend to drop significantly in the, sub, the summer months. It doesn't take more than a few seconds to do a search. That produces a long list of rooms available at hotels in Scottsdale for $75 to $150 a night. 
That's because people don't usually flock to Scottsdale when the forecast says it will be 117 degrees in June. Okay, so you get this grapefruiters that they're getting paid. The people in the hotel are getting paid $352 instead of $150 by the United States government because they don't want to welcome these people so desperately. I think there's a free dinner included. All right, so but the outrageous no-bid contracts and extravagant bed rates aren't the only problem. ICE and DHS didn't inform the city of Scottsdale about any of this until a day before, and while it's still unclear if the arrangement is aligned with the franchise agreement and Scottsdale zoning access, the location itself is a complete nightmare. This immigration detention, well, see, they go on and, and excoriate the positioning of these hotels right near schools, firehouses. And so, thankfully, some Arizona residents have had enough. Hundreds began protesting last week to share their concerns with the federal government. This is the federal government doing this, people. Plus the charity organizations, plus the, the ad council, plus the, the Zuckerberg movement. And after all, flooding a suburban area with migrants not only poses serious public health and safety risks, but it signals to the rest of the world that our southern border is wide open. And that is the banana. That's the big apple. That's the invitation. That's the reward. The reward for coming across the border and being, well, a neighbor that's closer. You've already been a neighbor, so we want to welcome the neighbors. But now you are a real neighbor. Now we can touch out and reach your soccer ball. So... We're in a struggle here at Grapefruiters, and I just want to end with something I wrote about this the whole idea, and it sort of dovetails with what I did last time with the Top Gun movie. This idea of being marginalized or alienated from the dominant society is a powerful tool for liberals to feel that the least among us must feel empowered and be rewarded with the top achievers is a weapon. To feel as though you have to struggle to get in, you have to promote your own differences to be counted. To be a member of the majority community is a new kind of concept. We don't want anyone missing out, so we must accommodate. But can we accommodate the whole world geographically and the whole world of gender identities? Doesn't seem likely, grapefruiters. Just like David Dinkins, the past mayor of New York, used to call his city the beautiful mosaic, he knew we can't mesh all the different parts into one entity, one unit, one force. So separate might equal, separate but equal might actually work, in a cultural sense. Hard to fathom how Tom Cruise might fit in all those different colored bullets into his helmet in the Top Gun movie. Would he have to have a transgendered wingman? How about his mechanic having to be a recent immigrant from Djibouti? We are one country with many moving parts, grapefruiters, and sometimes we just can't fit everyone or all the disparate pieces into one monochrome society. Diversity and inclusion can only go so far, people. This is P. Norman Grant with Slim Jim, and whenever you can, squeeze in a grapefruit podcast.